Episode 7, this is a Happy Days podcast hosted by me, Dan, your host. This episode, we are, uh, we are, uh, what are we doing? We are uh, watching, or talking about, I hope you've watched them, uh, Nose for News and Grandpa's Visit, both uh, from December 77, both uh, directed by Jerry Paris, Walter Kempley wrote Nose for News, and George F. Slavin, Slavin wrote um Grandpa's visit. This is let's see, December seventy-seven. So this would have been the um, around the third Battle of the Network Stars. Battle. It was called Battle of the Network Stars seventy-seven, and had some like outer space animation in it because that's what everything had in it. Circa December seventy-seven, and I th- I wonder if there were Happy Days people on this one. I don't know. I have them all. I love them dearly. There could have been happy days, people. I'll, I'll look into it for the next. I'll get you for the for the next one. Um, but anyway, this is um, yeah. This this is uh, us discussing these two episodes. We're about halfway ish or so into the season, uh, close enough. And this episode, uh, you know, Richie wants to be a journalist, and it's about his journalism class. He was, I think, he was given a D by his journalism professor, Professor Garrity, and. Um, you know, and if 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 Richie can write an article Professor Garrity likes, then he might get in the um, uh, you know the school newspaper, or he might end up in the um, or the the local Milwaukee is a Journal Sentinel. I don't know. Um, and so we we meet. Yeah, we see Professor Garrity in his office. And the funny thing about Professor Garrity's office is have a look at Professor Garrity's office, the way it's set up, and then think about the men's room in Arnold's. That's all I'm gonna say. Just, just have a look and think about it, okay? Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, so Richie needs to find an article that will get him a better grade, maybe get him published in the school newspaper. And he learns that his dad is having some trouble with the local sanitation department, who are like raising their fees, and there's sort of a plastic hassle with the big garbage man who dumps a bunch of garbage in the the Cunningham's living room. And and, and Richie Scoop Cunningham is trying to trying to find himself an informant within the uh, uh, sanitation department trying to publish his big story and, and get the stink out of Milwaukee. Hey, at the beginning of this episode, we see uh, Richie get out of the house with his uh, college letter sweater on and, and getting the... Uh, Get in his car and drive to drive to uh, Mr. Garrity's or Professor Garrity or whatever it is the journalism guy's um, bathroom office. I'm kidding. Look at that office. I mean, you're going to tell me that 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 isn't the the set of the men's room in Arnold's just redressed to look like an office. It's the exact same shape. I mean, look. look I mean, it's got the, the exact same shape. There's a window in the same spot. There's a spot that's sort of covered up in the in the in the corner where the um, uh, where the uh, stalls would be. I mean, it looks 
it, it even gets kind of really thin, like like if there was this one of the stalls was right by where like his coat rack is, and then they've kind of um, covered up the spot where the sink is, or moved the sinks and everything, and put like his file caps. It looks exactly like the the Fonz is bad. I mean, I almost expect at one point the Fonz to burst through a wall and ask everyone what they're doing in his office. <sighs> but regardless of that. Um, that's not that important. We get this uh, professor guy who I, I guess is is helping Richie, which is a good thing. We know that the, the good thing about Richie and the journalism stuff is that it's not uh, it's not a. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was just uh, I was just uh, I, I had a plane here and I'm watching uh, Joni uh, in her in her kind of blue outfit sitting on the chair um, haranguing. Um, uh, she doesn't have a lot to do in this episode. This is a good episode too for looking up at the top of the sets and seeing if you can see a moment when you can see over the top of the set. I mean, is that the way I said it before? Is that really the way they lit houses in Milwaukee back in the late fifties, early sixties, where the rooms are completely lit up, but right up at the ceiling, everything was pitch black. How do they do that? How do they do that exactly? I mean. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, because I'm looking, I'm looking, so I'm, I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking around the corners of the of the room I'm in here, and even without the light on, you know, the 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 ceiling's you know lit. It's not like it's not like I look up and and the ceiling is utter darkness. It's not like the ceiling is so high up that it's just like so far away and there are no lights there and it's an utter darkness. I'm I should, again, I won't go crazy. Oh, there. Oh, when Mister C walks in the first time, the camera pulls very far back, and we almost in the far right corner in the back, we almost get to see the top of the set we will see it you will see it um but we just don't get to right there unfortunately so anyways uh how was how was the episode now i was talking about reaching the journalism that's good stuff because uh, i i actually when when he becomes like scoop cunningham uh, richie kind of annoys me um i i've mentioned that richie will get kind of more obnoxious as the show goes along and this is another one of those uh steps and the way he he seems to spend most of his time ignoring Laurie Beth when he's right next to her. I know he's on the case and everything like that. But um, I can assure you that when I was in college and I had um, uh, a story due or a draft of a script due or we had a shoot in the morning, if I had a lovely lady sitting next to me, I could, who wanted to, you know, have some fun, I could disengage uh, from the stress of school and enjoy myself, and the fact that that Richie just like said, I mean, it's it's funny. There's a scene in here, yeah, where Richie's sitting with Lori Beth, and he's kind of ignoring her. She's kind of all over him, and then this huge garbage man shows up, played by this great guy whose name I I, I keep forgetting to look up this guy's name. I, I will get it for you eventually. He I I know he was in um one of the Monster Squad episodes. Is it the Ringmaster? I think he plays the big strong guy, but he shows up and pours garbage on the on the the floor and and threatens the Cunninghams. And, um, but it's funny because, like, Richie almost wills that guy into existence. You know, it's like, I, you know, I know that Mr. C was having trouble with the, the garbage, the sanit- Department of Sanitation and didn't want to pay that extra surcharge or whatever they had. But when the guy kind of storms in, my first thought when I was watching was, what's this guy doing there? Did they, they, because they, the implication is that there's some really bad stuff going on, not only to the Cunninghams with people coming in and pouring garbage on the lawn and threatening them by writing stuff on the top of them, uh, the cans, the trash cans, but you know this is happening all over the place, and it's it's it's, it's the uh, the sanitation you know department is in, in really just being really awful. But the problem is the episode is so intent upon throwing in jokes. And this, the episode so intent upon giving everyone a little something to do. Ralph and Potsy doing the um, ventriloquist thing, which is really flipping weird. 
spending more time with Arnold when he's when he's the informer and you can only see his nose spending more time with him um, sort of talking around him <laughs> than actually talking to him about something specific so it's it's almost it almost feels like the episode should have been longer and given us some more because there's no, there's no as far as the sanitation thing the guy comes in dumps the garbage the thread is written on on the top of the can you know and it's keep mention they keep mentioning how awful it is but there's no feeling of that at all like when Al shows up when Arnold shows when Al shows up yeah and and starts to um uh, uh inform there's never a feeling of oh this could go bad and then suddenly it's like well we published the article and the whole department of sanitation has been turned upside down you're like is it Huh. The episode's over? Well, I laughed a few times. It's yeah, it's a strangely written episode that feels like... It feels like it's trying to make some sort of point, but then about a little more than halfway-ish, I, th- I think probably when you see that ventriloquism scene, and then when Richie is trying to clear everyone out because the informant's about to show up. Chachi shows up and then he, he does a couple minutes of gags and then the Fon shows up <coughs> the Fon shows up with the informant and a lovely lady then they spend some time talking about her. It's like it's like every every moment you think something's going to become interesting regarding the garbage plot um, it the the episode stops for some gags and jokes and you're like like um, Richie talks to um, some lady over the phone um who, who won't inform for him. The Fonz hears it, and it's, he's like, hey, you shouldn't hang out with married ladies. Hey, and it's a little, little shtick on that. So <laughs> I guess what I'm saying overall is that it's an interesting episode because it's funny enough, but it also feels like, I mean, I know, as far as I know, I'm watching, the version I'm watching is 25 and a half minutes. So this is, this is, this is uncut as far as I know. Um, but th- there's something about it that feels, um, it, it feels like, it feels like maybe when they shot it, it was like five, six minutes too long, and they edited out the wrong stuff. <laughs> Instead of you know trimming some of the comedy bits, you know, which are just variations of things we've seen before on the show, they should have dealt a little and and gave the the the. I mean, not that they needed to in the end, but the thing with the, the once that guy comes in and dumps the garbage, you think, oh boy, they're getting tough, and then it's sort of like, nah, it's over. So what was the point of having the guy come in? Why not just have the tin cans and the? It's it seems um, it seems like there's more to this episode, but at the same time, I'm fine with this episode being the length it is. I don't need a 45 minute or hour long version of this episode. It's it's not that good. So overall, it's 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 an episode with some laughs and there's some good bits and I like the way the Fonz joins in, talking out of the corner of his mouth. He's having a, he's having a fun time, and uh, but. It, it's it's uh, did did I mean, this this there's this weird thing with the um and I don't know I was never I was never the journalism type but um uh like like Richie says well if I write a really good article in the journalism class they might publish it in the newspaper the school newspaper and then he mentions Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and stuff but but it's it's sort of like who who else would be writing in the newspaper the school newspaper but the journalism students. I mean, I, I don't I don't remember ever. I mean, I wrote tons of stuff when I was in college, and I don't ever remember getting anywhere near to writing anything for the college newspaper. I don't even know where the college newspaper was located. So it's it's funny that boy, if I I'm, I'm a journalism major, and if I write a, an article that's good enough, it might be in the school newspaper. Well, I would think I would think it should be. I mean, like who who yeah, whose articles are they putting in the newspaper? I mean, is it just like oh, Steve and Jen um, volunteered? 
and uh, they'll be writing all the articles. Uh, wait a minute, he's, he's international business, and she's biology. Oh, well, they volunteer. They've got the time to do it. What? No, no sense. But anyway, well, I'm hoping Richie's doing well. I mean, he, he, he has a D at the beginning, and then he has a B at the end. And, you know, the teacher won't give him more than B because he wants him to continue to improve, and, and that's that works. I don't know, there's just something about the episode that's weird that um, uh, I, I keep feeling like every few scenes I have to sort of readjust my mind and remember, okay, now where are we? What's going on? Why is that? You know what I mean? And Or maybe you don't, but, but, but just watch it. Just watch it and try to keep a focus on what Richie's doing, what exactly is happening with Mr. C and, and the, the sanitation department. Just try to keep a focus because there's so many things that distract and there are a couple moments that are like, why did that happen? Why did this happen? What, what What's going on here? And Yeah, like when that guy comes in and pours the garbage, I was sort of legitimately confused. As, what? Why is he doing that? Um, Because Mr. C won't pay his surcharge or whatever? Huh. Well, in the end, the good guys win, I guess, if the bad guys are the garbage people. So, the garbage people. Let's see, what else do we have going on in this episode? Yeah, yeah, Richie, I mean, I, I guess he's going to be a good judge. There's just, there's just something about Richie that's... um. I don't know. They kind of, <laughs> whenever he, whenever he gets like this, it kind of really gets on my nerves. I, I don't know why, and it, it will get a little worse as we go along. Unfortunately, I kind of like the Richie who's just, you know, he's having fun and and he he's not so serious and, um, you know, and and Ron Howard is as always doing his best with the character that um, I mean, I guess I guess again, he's a young man. He's eighteen, probably nineteen soon. He's in college. He wants to. You know, set lay lay set down his mark, lay out his mark. Do, do you want to do his thing? And he wants to be, you know, a journalist, and he wants he wants to do it. And I suppose to it's is like being a writer or or a filmmaker, an artist, or anything like that. You know, like if I go to school to be an engineer, and I and I succeed, or I go to trade school to be a plumber, and I succeed, then I go out and I get a job as a plumber. Or work somewhere as an engineer, and my career begins. Whereas he could spend four years writing beautiful pieces of work in journalism, class, get out there, and never get a job. Never, never. He could wish 20 or 30 years later, oh, damn it, I should have become a plumber, even though he didn't want to. You know, it's... I understand. Um, I understand his his wanting to push and wanting to get it done. I mean, hell, my first semester of college, which I mentioned, but he's in here... I spent a lot of my time uh, just writing and writing and writing. You know, I wrote, you know, in the first couple months of my first semester in college, you know, when I was 18, I wrote a, yeah, I wrote a, a feature-length script, which which two years later I completely rewrote, tore apart, rewrote again, made much better after I'd learned a lot. But, but a lot of writing and a lot of um, uh, reading, important reading and stuff like that. And I, I get it. You, you don't, I get that, you know, he, there is no proper path for him to take and so he has to do his best. Um, but I wish in the end that he, he could just be doing whatever it is Ralph and Potsy are doing, which seemed to be nothing. Which seemed to be goofing around, which seemed to be doing stupid things. Um, that that was, I, do, I mean, I do love when they're doing their ventriloquist thing, which seems really idiotic to me, although Potsy's got a funny face throughout. The two gals they have with them, like one is holding onto her coat for dear life, and, and the two gals there are just like, I, I, yeah, I, I can't believe we're here. I can't, I can't believe this is, this is going on. Yeah. Now, let me think if there's anything else in this one. I uh, see Chachi gets a little scene where he tries to sell some stuff on how to get on with girls or something like that. And uh, what else is there? There's a bit where um, 
uh, Richie can't tell Ralph and Potsy what's going on, but they see a tape recorder and a camera, and they get really excited because they think he's inviting a girl over there who's going to let him take pictures and record whatever it is they're going to do. And yes, the funniest bit is when Al steps in front of the shade and you see his his nose and everything. That's that's a funny scene. So, um, yeah, there's some there's some good laughs in the episode. Um, if if you want the the sort of it's it's funny. You almost um, I almost wish I hadn't read the the te- the, the little description, the little description in the DVDs. You know, that are like you know he's trying to. I don't even remember where where's the discs. They're somewhere here. But, you know, implying that it's about stop, trying to stop corruption in the sanitation department. No, not really. It's about sort of everyone goofing around, and, and then Al shows up and, and says, it's the dispatcher. And then the next scene, it was like, well, we caught the dispatcher. It's over. Yeah, okay, that's some great drama. But luckily, there there are enough laughs. I mean, you get that with other sitcoms, too. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of episodes of, like... You know, this isn't like Get Smart, where you have to have a strong focus a lot of times on, you know, the, the, main, the main plot line. You know, it's more like... I'm sure there have been plenty of episodes of, like, Green Acres where... There, in fact, there have been episodes of like, Green Acres where, where they're sold as, this episode is about this. But when you watch it, the emphasis is elsewhere. So I think, forgive me, if 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 my complaints about the, um, the, the episode itself, the structure of the episode and everything like that is... is um, is is wrong because maybe the episode itself has other things on its mind, but I don't I don't I don't know that it does. Um, so anyway, so so we look at it this way. We look at it, this is this is what we'll call like stepping stone episodes. Uh, this is an episode that is a um, uh, another step. Richie becoming uh, a journalism major, a, ju- a journalist, a writer. So this is another step in that. Is it a hilarious step? Uh, there's some laughs. Is it a great step? No, not really. But it's a good step. So, so I, I will I will stop there. I think I think I've covered the episode. There, there really isn't a lot going on once once you once you remove some of the garbage plot. It's just a series of people doing their shtick, and some of it's very funny. But this isn't. You could see the shtick. You don't. I'm not going to explain all of it. Although I've explained a bunch of it. So anyway, let's go on to Grandpa's visit. And in this one, uh, Mr. C's dad has retired from the police force and he is coming to to visit to live there to do something i was a little vague on it and and dad is played by danny thomas and when he shows up he's one of those it's actually it's tricky it's it's kind of exactly where you'd think it goes it doesn't apart from maybe one moment in the end where he brings out the dixieland jazz band um there's there, this goes exactly where you think it is you know it's like um you know, well, my dad is never going to be able to just sit down, retire, and do nothing. He's a take-charge kind of guy. And then he tries to work with the Fonz, and he drives the Fonz nuts. And then um, he's uh, he tries to be like a security guard, and then he can't do that either. And then he and he and Mr. C, his son, you know, get in a bit of a yelling match. Um, because, you know, dad's like, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing for the rest of my life. And so in the end... Um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll just spoil it here because I I just said what it was. In the end, they have their big winter frolic. Grandpa shows up with an old bunch of retired jazz musicians, and they play a couple of numbers, and then um, uh, say that they've actually got some shows in the future. He could be lying about that, but I think he's right. So when it ends, um, Grandpa Cunningham's going on a jazz tour with a bunch of old guys. Hooray! Okay, so that's that's the episode. Is basically it's 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 it's, it's, it's that's the episode in a 
That's the episode in a nutshell. Listen to this. grandpa's visit i think i think i've said this before but it's it's very obvious to me if you've lived in a cold climate that uh the front door there because this is meant to be set in the snow and it's wintry and you know people have to wipe off their boots on on uh cloth and mat and things like that but it's very obvious that this is made by people who didn't live in that sort of climate because when you live in that sort of climate, I mean, look at look at the way that you open the door, you step right in from the front door outside onto the carpet. No, 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 no. That's that's not the way. That that's the way it works in my house because I'm in Southern California, and you rarely ever, you know, sometimes you may have some mud or a little dirt. Maybe if it rains, a little water on your shoe. But general, you you step right in, and and you know. You, you, the carpet's pretty clean right there. We don't have carpet right there. It's hardwood floor, but it's a little, we have a, like a mat right there. You can wipe your feet off. But it's funny, like we even have this. This episode has the, like the mat. Like when Joni steps in and she's got some snow on her feet, like the um, the mat or the cloth or the whatever the heck it is that's on the ground is like five six feet away from the door. So she has to walk across a portion of the carpet to wipe her shoes off. That's not the way it works. You wipe your feet off before. I mean, what if your feet are covered with mud? Then you have two huge mud prints on the way of the mat. That doesn't make any sense to me. And the fact that like only like Joni and Mr. C seem to remember that they have to use the mat and it's snowy outside. Everyone else comes right in and walks right in. That always sort of confuses me when I see that because it's meant to be snowy. And you, th- you would have, to be honest, you would have people come in through the side door, um, which is the kitchen door. Which, obviously, in this new configuration of the house after season two is no longer the side door. It's the door that's about six feet away from the front door, but is actually apparently in the back. I don't know. Why did no one question this? I brought it up too many times before. Anyway. um, But, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I've I've said before, you have a mudroom or you have some sort of central central area where you walk in... um, you know, my uh, the house I grew up in, Barry Road, if you walked in the front door, there was like a main entranceway where you would take off your boots and there was stone on the floor. Well, not like stones, but, you know, like a, you know, like a brick stone floor and, you know, you'd, you'd take off your shoes and everything right there and you wipe your feet off on the mat and then you step in the, in the house. If you went in the side door, there was actually, there was actually like, um, there was actually a huge porch area in between the garage and, and, the, and the kitchen when you walked in and you would go up some steps and right next to the door, which led into the kitchen, was a big mat where you would put your shoes and boots if everything was cold but this walking right in there with how crazy marion gets sometimes about her carpet getting messed up um that seems ridiculous to me that when it's that supposed to be that snowy out she'd let people walk with their wet muddy snowy shoes on that much of the carpet that doesn't make any sense to me because you're basically saying this area of the carpet is going to be a sloppy mess forever or you're saying i'm going to um get out a carpet cleaner every day or two and i don't know i mean we have a carpet cleaner but um we only have a, a carpet in about half the house so um uh, but when we had carpet in the whole house the carpet cleaner was awesome but uh, they they seem to have carpet in most of their house which was a th- which was what you had back then and um so they must i mean i would imagine mr c probably like rents carpet cleaners or something right and he would just get the whenever Mrs. C said bring home a carpet cleaner, he'd bring home a carpet cleaner. I don't know how they worked in the 50s. I don't know. When was the carpet cleaner invented? I know it was probably Roman, right? Or Chinese. 
Anyway, yeah, this is so this episode. Yeah, it is snowy, and we get some. Uh, we get Broncos auto repair. It it is weird because no one seems to. There's a lot of they're going overboard like it's the winter frolic and there's lots of snow fall and and we see shots from like guess who's coming to Christmas of the house with like snow falling Broncos auto repair with snow falling and yet no one seems to really remember that snow's but like like when they go to the auto repair shop and and Grandpa C is helping out the Fonz like Chachi runs in presumably I guess from outside I mean how big is this place but he he runs in from outside to say something and he doesn't have a coat on he doesn't his shoes there's no snow anywhere or anything like that. It's, I know, I know I've gone on and on about um, this portion of it. The tricky, the tricky thing is about the episode is that it really is, it's, it's somewhat about Mr. C and his dad, but not, um, not really that much. Because as I mentioned when I gave you the, um, the plot breakdown, the stuff with uh, Grandpa Cunningham is all very... Um, standard stuff there's nothing about it that's really um astounding and and in fact um yeah it, it really is exactly what what i said it was is he shows him says i don't want to retire so the fonz says have him come work in my garage he's terrible then he's this guard and he runs into richie and potsy or potsy and ralph stealing a goat from the football team or uh, another foot local team or something like that and then he's just gonna just do nothing and then he ends up putting this band together when he kind of like looks at a retirement home it's all very it's all very predictable is what it is but the things with a sitcom like this is you take a predictable i mean look at nose for news do you think it's going to be something where he has this run-in with uh, the garbage um, uh, the sanitation department, but the 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 episode's so busy having everyone do their shtick, it forgets to actually have that become an involving part of the story. Oh yeah, there's a shot from um, Christmas episode. Yeah, um, I mean there are some funny jokes in this 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 scene with Grandpa and the Fonz in the garage is funny. Um, the Fonz getting like oil on his white one of his white shirts and thinking he's he's broken his thumb and just everyone staring at him as he slowly raises his thumb and it's okay. But the problem is the, the the problem is that whereas in the last the last episode was pretty shallow, pretty um just like a stone bouncing off the water, not going anywhere deep or anything like that. But it was about Richie and his developing character. This is about Grandpa Cunningham, who I don't think we will ever see again. And so it's like the guy like with the guy who flips the coins on his arm. Like there's there's a big feeling of who cares throughout this at least leather the first episode with leather we know leather's going to be back so we will see her a few more times we'll get some more character development some more time spent with her but this just has a big feel of like okay well it's nice that we saw uh mr c's dad i would have preferred that he wasn't um I mean, they, they even say at one point, he Mr. C says, he still calls me Sonny. And all I could think of was Bob Newhart's show, where Bob's parents call him Sonny. And what I thought with that was, there's that Thanksgiving, um, is it an American family, that Thanksgiving episode of Bob Newhart, Why Don't You Stuff It, Martha, which is very, very funny. It's, it's very predictable in a lot of ways with the way the parents act and everything like that. There's no, no one's reinventing the wheel, but they have funnier jokes. And this is tricky because this this episode is tricky because when I think I, I see exactly what they're doing, and I applaud them, but at the same time, I am not proficient enough in what they're doing to be interested in it. And I will say this: I think whether or not you love this all episode all depends upon how much you love Danny Thomas. 
Make Room for Daddy was out for what, like 11 years, I want to say. It was like, it was something like 53 to 62 or 52 to 63, something like that. It was on for about 10 or 11 years. And then on 1970, Make Room for Granddaddy was on, and that only lasted for a year. Make Room for Daddy was one of those shows, yeah, that was a perennial throughout the much of the 50s and the first few years of the 60s. And, you know, Danny Thomas's character, he was an entertainer. He would break into song. He would do this, that. It's just like Grandpa Cunningham does. And I think what this episode is doing is that we had Make Room for Daddy. And he was a big part of the 50s into the 60s. And then when he came back with the Make Room for Granddaddy, that show, I don't know if it bombed, but it was off after a season. So I think what this is here is this is the producers, obviously fans of uh, Danny Thomas, obviously fans of the 50s bringing Danny Thomas back and in a different character but doing the same shtick doing the same kind of thing and and giving him like a final send off you know in this one he is officially retired he is a granddad he is granddaddy he is officially retired and at the end of it he's going on a little tour with this this band you know it's going to be awesome it's going to be awesome and I truly think that's what they're doing in this episode. They're giving Danny Thomas's sort of character a send-off. And, you know, obviously, you know, um, there are th- things are very different. But, but to me, that's what it feels like, because he was a big part of the 50s, and they would have watched. I don't ever... I'm sure they mentioned Danny Thomas. Usually they mentioned Robert Young for Father Knows Best, but um, I'm sure they mentioned... Um, I'm sure they mentioned Danny Thomas on more than one occasion early on in the series. Um... Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is if, if this is Christmas of 59-ish, then Dan, Make Room for Daddy was still on. So it was still going to be on for like another three or four years. Boy, that goat is in Arnold's a lot. You wouldn't think having a goat in the midst of everyone trying to eat dinner would be a good idea. Oh, Mrs. C mentions that. She doesn't want to go because they heard they had a goat, live goat in there. But that's to me, that's what this episode is. Sort of a love letter to Danny Thomas, who would have been uh, someone that they watched. And in in the show when it's set in 1959, so and the 50s, so that so that's what this is. Unfortunately, Make Room for Daddy was one of those shows that I never never really caught when I was a kid. When I when I was a kid, and I was watching everything on television that was syndicated in sort of the mid 80s for like three or four years. Make Room for Daddy was simply a show that never appeared, just like Petticoat Junction. You know, I first watched Petticoat Junction when it came out on DVD because I was never. I was never close to a TV station that had it running. Green Acres took forever to get to me, too. You know, that was, um, you know, after years of Gilligan's Island, I Love Lucy, um, you know, Bewitched, Munsters, all the others. I remember Gidget being on everything a lot. But, you know, all those shows just being, all those sort of classic sitcoms and such being on um, every, every station at all times, it, it it was it was funny that actually when I think about it, my favorite shows are shows like, um, well Batman used to be on pretty regular, but I was to say like Green Acres, which I didn't discover until I think I was twelve, and um, and then like Get Smart, Get Smart was weird because Get Smart I don't remember ever being Get Smart was always on like Saturday morning, it was never on like five times a week, and I don't know why that was. Um, but at Beverly Hillbillies would pop up here and there, but Petticoat, Petticoat Junction, like Make Room for Daddy, and there were several other sort of classic ones. Obviously, Leave it to Beaver was everywhere. Several sort of classic shows. My Three Sons was everywhere, too. Several, I'm going to finish this sentence. Several sort of classic shows that just didn't appear in syndication where I grew up. 
Make Room for Daddy was one of those. I've never seen an episode of Make Room for Daddy. I've never seen an episode of Make Room for Granddaddy. All I know about Make Room for Granddaddy is that um, Sid Melton, who was in Make Room for Daddy, was asked to come back to the cast, and so he left Green Acres to be in the cast, which broke up Alf and Ralph. So that that never makes me too um, too thrilled to um, uh, hear uh, about make room for granddaddy because I know that anyway I, I won't I won't get up too too much longer but I th- I really think that's what this episode is because you know the Fonz gets some stuff to do and Mr C has a scene or two with his dad but most of the rest of it no one really has much uh, going on and um, I think it really is an episode for him. And like I said, if you, if you if you love Danny Thomas, you love Make Room for Daddy, this is a fun one to watch to see him doing all shtick and everything and coming out okay in the end. If um, and the jazz stuff of the Winter Frolics, Saturday Night Winter Frolic is, is fun. And but um, like I said, I I I don't have a connection with him. Actually, the closest I have to watching Danny Thomas is that one on SCTV where are you planning a heist with oceans? It's the Ocean's Eleven parody with uh, Bobby Bittman and, and um, his brother and um, Sammy Maudlin and everyone. And um, Bobby Bittman's brother Skip is doing the comedy warm-up for Make Room for Daddy. So he makes jokes about Uncle Tanoose and things like that. That's really the closest I get to uh, Make Room for Daddy. So this there are going to be some episodes like this. You know, All sitcoms that run for a long time have episodes like this where you watch it and, you just, and I, I just don't sort of connect with it. Uh, like I said, the Fonz is fun, and Mr. C has some nice moments, but the rest of it is Danny Thomas, um, and your mileage may vary. And it's it's sort of um, I I was thinking it's it's like it's it's one of those things where say like the X Files um, did that twice, where Millennium ended before the Millennium, and then at the Millennium in season seven of the X Files, there's an episode called Millennium, which kind of closes out Millennium. And then the Lone Gunmen have their own show. It's canceled after 13 episodes. Then they return near the end of the ninth season in the episode Jump the Shark, and they get a conclusion to um, their story. And, you know, it's like um, the cliffhanger of the final uh, episode of Soap being sort of resolved in an episode of Benson. Stuff like that. You you see that happen uh, on occasion where they will, you know, bring a character back and just kind of wrap up their story as it were i'm sure let me think of one more i'm gonna pause it let me think of one more uh, I, I couldn't really think of one of my i thought of the return of starbuck and galactica 1980 but those galactica 1980 is technically a different show from Battlestar galactica but it's it's sort of the the lower budgeted calm down version of Battlestar galactica and then i thought maybe like um like when spock shows up or scotty shows up in like next generation that that could be that could be an example just to give us a little bit later on and um but but that's not quite it's not quite the same thing as one but no it actually is kind of the same thing it's just it's just happy days is it's it's not a danny thomas you know show but it is set in the time period when that show was going so that's about i'm gonna stop right now so that's that's about it for me and grandpa's visit um uh, it's, it's been interesting. Two episodes. Nose for news is not a favorite, but it definitely has some laughs. And Grandma's visit has a few laughs in it. But if you're a Danny Thomas fan, it's kind of a tour de force for. Well, it's a calm tour de force for him. But it's definitely worth watching if you're a Danny Thomas fan. Um, but let me let me see what's up for next time. I'm looking here, folks, and technically we are 
we are halfway into the season. There were there were 26 episodes, uh, one hour long episode and 25 half hour episodes, and uh, Grandpa's visit is episode 13. So we have 13 episodes left, half hour ones, obviously. And we are on the third disc of the DVD box set, by the way. When Fonzie, pa- oh, sorry, Fonz, when Patsy gets pinned and Joni's first kiss. So we got a lot of stuff going on. So uh, let me. Let me wish you well, and uh, we will be back next time with those two episodes. And we're in the, the second half. I think we're, we're finally going to be in 1978, I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. Uh, listen to a little bit of this, and we'll talk next time. Hey, hey, hey.